0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Bulls 101. This is Chris Amundsen here with Laro Golden, as always, and special guest Salim Sudarwala from Bulls Gold. What are the half of half of Bulls Gold at least? Half uh, of yes. <laughs> but we we are doing this show live. Um, we postponed it. We were supposed to do it on Saturday when I was in Chicago, but I think I was way too tired and it's just too too crazy after the game, so we postponed it. But um, we had another good game on Monday, and then we just finished the Philly game tonight. So wanted to just kind of chat with you guys for a few minutes about what we've seen so far over the last week. So in the last week, we've had the Raptors, the Knicks, the Jazz, the Celtics, and then we had the, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers tonight. First of all, I think the Raptors are getting um, getting some more respect here. I think they're a better team than we thought at the time that we played them. They're now, I think, 5-3 and three, or 6-3. and three, I can't remember. Um, but right. they just won again tonight, and they've gone on a five-game winning streak since we we, we beat them. So, uh, first of all, how are you guys doing tonight? What did you think of the game? How are you guys feeling overall? What's going on? Uh, go on. I'm,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay. I mean, I'm not like super mad or anything like that. Like last season, I think i have been probably madder just because I think we would have been. I think we would almost have been, like, reversed. I think we would have been, like, in Philly's position where we had the lead but then gave it up and lost (laughs) Um, last season, that is. So, like, I mean, looking at this game, there's, like, so many errors that we, we keep making throughout each game. I feel like they're consistent mistakes. Obviously, we've been able to overcome them in previous games against, like, Boston, against Detroit, um, even against Utah, I feel like we overcame some of the mistakes that we, we made today, but it's like it's kind of becoming a trend that I think we need to fix for sure. Uh, it's it's going to be a problem all season long. It's like not a recipe for winning. That's something I, I, I keep thinking about, like obviously the offensive issues that they get stagnant. There's a lot of uh, – I know we have to rely on DeMar late in the games. He obviously he's great at it. Um, he takes really good shots for the most part because he has such great footwork. He's able to get to his spots every time in that mid-range area. But it's it's kind of going to be difficult to just be like, okay, that's our going. That's going to be our fourth quarter every game. That can't be the fourth quarter every game. Uh, you have to figure out something that I know I've been thinking, and you know, Laro confirmed it with me. Like outside, maybe I'm not noticing it, but. Like, we don't do a lot of off-ball action for Zach for one reason or another. I don't know what's going on with it. And obviously, we know all of Bucha's issues right now with his shooting. I mean, that's that's his really only problem right now is scoring, for whatever reason, is just not there. Um, I know he has a history of supposedly starting out slow, but this is, like, a bit more than just starting out slow. I feel like there's just something that isn't right with him. Because I was kind of looking at – I'm sorry, I'm rambling here a little bit, but I was kind of looking at uh, his last couple of seasons. The first month, he did have like inconsistent games, but there were games even in the beginning of the show where he, um, where he had like a good game and then an inconsistent one, and then a good game and then I guess of... right now he's like, and then and by good game I mean scoring wise. Uh, Right now, it's just been consistently struggle, 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 struggle. And that's something I don't know what needs to happen. Maybe that's something Billy can do, run some plays early and consistently go to Booch in his spots. I know that empty side uh, pick and pop is something uh, Leros constantly pointed out with him and Zach. But, yeah, just kind of get him going too early on as much as you can. So maybe – when later in the game, we don't have these offensive stagnations. Cause then that's another player we can go to.
2: Yeah. I, I guess, I guess I'm not as worried right now. Um, like it's going to come like, I, I'm not really too worried about like Vucha's shot. Like I, I, I just feel like he just didn't drop off the face of the earth, earth as like a shooter score. Uh, oh, I agree. It, I it, agree. You know, um, and I, I, I'm not coming at you, Salim. I I, I hate that I, it came off that way. I'm just saying, like, I think we we all like have to just, you know, really back for a bit and just remember, like, you know, these guys are still new. They're still trying to figure each other out just because they play well in the preseason and we're winning doesn't mean that they fully figured out how to handle uh, handle things as a cohesive unit um in those type of situations at the end of the game and I think like it's it's gonna take some time like it really is like in Zach the, the Zach situation with the, the ball you know bad decisions and things like that um I, I, a part of me feels like the, again like the dude is just used to being the man on the team so like he's used to being the number one guy it, it's gonna I was just telling Celine before the show like when you like go to the gym and you work on form shooting Right. And and you got the perfect form in practice. You're knocking it down in practice. It's perfect. And then when you get in the game and guys are guarding, you go back to what you're used to. You go back to that same wonky form, whatever. Right. But it just takes time playing with guys that know how to play the game like Demar. It takes time to know, like, you know, oh, shoot, like I don't have it going right now. Like DDR has it. Like, let me let me get it to DDR and I'll just play my role. Like if they help off me, I'll just be ready to knock it down right but when you're used to being like hey give me the ball like I gotta take us home like that's hard to get out of your system it, it really is like it just it takes games um like I I don't want to go too crazy but I remember Dwayne Wade right Dwayne Wade when the big three happened like it took a lot for Dwayne to be like okay I'm not the guy anymore like and I'm not saying that Demar's taking that away from Zach I'm, I'm not saying that or anything like that but I'm just saying like in terms of trying to get the I'm the man I am the only player that can get this job to get the job done on the team it takes a lot to get that out of your system and I'd rather that happen now get those things out now than in midseason or going into the playoffs um, and if this is happening with Zach midseason going into the playoffs then we got a problem then then, then you gotta then you, you know if you're AK you gotta think about uh, you know We'll see. But um, right now, like six and two, right? Like a lot of haters before the season. Um, defense has been just, you can ask better from the defensive side of the ball. Like coming into the season, if you said the defense is going to be better than the offense, more, you know, more uh, strong unit, stronger uh, uh, unit, uh, y- people would have looked at you crazy. Like, bro. You- right. So
1: at you're sideways. Almost. Exactly. Like,
2: bro, you're, you're, what are you, are you smoking something? Like, no. Like, so like, you know, um, I know in the, in the moment you're like, Zach, why did you, what the, but like, it's just going to take time. It really, it really is going to take time for Zach to really pull back and be like, oh shoot, I just watched DeMar go for however many points in a row. I need to chill and let, let DDR go to work. And, and again, like DDR, he, he, that's the other part you has to understand. Like DeMar is not selfish right? He'll get downhill and hit you if you're open. So like, that's the other thing. He's just got to get used to that. And maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm glass half full guy, but I, I just try to like, think of it in a, you know, as like a coach, I guess, if you will. But, um, that's just where I'm where I'm at right now at the moment.
0: Yeah. I I agree with you, Laro. I I think it's always important to keep perspective because we always get, I mean, I know I do, I get really emotional during the game. I'm like, man, this or that, or, you know, I'm like, man, I got to stop tweeting sometimes, you know, like, get caught up in the moment of, of certain things. But, you know, if you told me, if you told me before the season started that after eight games in the schedule, we'd be six and two and we would have been, you know, we would have lost those two games by like six points. I think it was total. Like I would have been pretty impressed personally. So the, the fact that we are stacking up wins where we should, I mean, you know, we shouldn't expect to beat Philly. I know they're out, yeah. you know, a couple guys tonight, but they got a deep bench and they got, a, you know, an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. Um, there's, you know, there's just, there's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot to be, to, to look forward to. And for as much as it hasn't worked in some areas, there's been some really positive signs. So if, first I want to, I also want to talk about DeMar DeRozan. Uh, first off because he's been a revelation for this team i know that we were all pretty high on his fit coming in we, we thought you know as a half court creator guy who can kind of calm you down in the fourth quarter he's a good isolation scorer he's unselfish he doesn't turn the ball over right he can kind of work that mid-range game draw fouls like all those things we're seeing it i mean he's he's delivering on every single one of those promises and and, and those things and and he's been Better than I've ever seen him. I think this has been... I mean, even though he's averaging less assists, I think he's been phenomenal offensively. And I think defensively, he's actually been a lot better than I expected. Now, he, he does... We know, as Larry and I pointed out in clips, you know, he's he occasionally will get beat off the dribble um, and that kind of stuff. But I think he's been pretty smart as a positional defender and help defender. I think he's been pretty, pretty encouraging in a lot of areas in that way. So, I mean... If we had, because a lot of a lot of criticism that we got over the offseason was, well, I like the offseason of the Bulls. I just wish they hadn't signed Demar. Like if they had done everything but signed Demar, I would have liked it more. <laughs> I don't think our record would be six and two right now without Demar. I think it'd probably be no, not at all. Was it at eight? Would probably be three and five. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> would I think three and. There's at
1: least at least two games that he won us on his own. At least. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean the 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 Toronto game. Uh, comes to mind, but even that first Detroit game was really tight. Yeah. and obviously he showed out against the Celtics. He went 15 for 20 against the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics got smoked by Demar DeRoz. And Tonight he was unstoppable too. I mean, yeah. they could not stop him. They could not do anything with Demar uh, except when Embiid uh, blocked him at the very end, which uh, was a foul. In my opinion, it it was a foul, and it was, and it wasn't <laughs> because. It was because they hit him. He hit him with the lower body, and it was the trajectory of where Embiid was going versus where DeMar already was. DeMar was at the rim. He had the right to be there, and Embiid pushed him off his spot. Now, it's a close call, but I didn't think there was enough evidence to overturn it. Like, I could have understood if they didn't call it at first, but once you call it, I thought that was a a poor overturn. But uh, I think the game was at that point, I think it was lost. But what, what have you guys seen from DeMar? that has encouraged you so far or, or what, you know, do you think he can sustain this type of performance? Because I've been really impressed with what he's done so far. Salim, so let me, let me start you through on that one.
1: Yeah. uh I mean, he's not, I feel like he's not really doing anything that he hasn't done in his entire career. Like I'm I, like, outside of the three point shooting. I mean, I, I think that'll tailor off as the season goes on. I don't think he's going to be shooting at 40% even on this low of a volume. Um, I think that will, I love it. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> I, know, I, love it. Uh, I love it. Um, maybe the corner three will be something yeah. that stays in the game, but yeah. But like, as far as the rest of his game, he's just kind of, he's always been kind of like this method, uh, method player where he's, he knows how to get to his spots. He's a great ball handler. The little things that he does, he's like a great feel on offense, uh, for the game. So in that regards, I don't see it really tailoring off, um, uh, like a lot of his outside, of, like the, the, the fast break and doing some of these crazy dunks. I mean, I guess, I, I bet you like, if this was DeMar seven years ago, he's putting that down on Embiid's head. I think yeah. that dunk that he, that's, that's going on Embiid's head, but I thought obviously he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's tailored off a little bit in athleticism unless he's on the fast break. Cause we've seen some crazy dunks from him on the fast break. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think I think we'll see this consistently. Like obviously sometimes his shot on some nights won't be there because obviously you don't have perfect great shooting nights every night. But yeah. as far as like the things he's doing tactically, like the getting to the spots, the mid range game, I think that's gonna be pretty consistent all season, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I um I part I I when Chris asked that question, I just had a smile on my face. Because Demar has been nothing but just what you want, like everything that you knew DeMar, Demar could bring to this team, he's been that, and maybe even a little bit more. Like, um, but what I would like to see happen more um, is in. I hope there's not many Lonzo fans watching, but I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I would sure like yourself. to see Demar on ball more more than he is now like I think I think that's where a lot of the you know I was thinking that thinking about it because before we got on the show we were talking about how we go into these like lulls and we get stagnant um offensively and I kind of feel like that's because we're relying on Lonzo to kind of you know come off these double drags and and try to get into the teeth of the defense and create rotations and he's just it's just not really doing that he's kind of just you know coming off and passing the ball right away not even Getting downhill or anything like that, but I feel like if you were to put Demar more on ball, and we know what he can do by by, by in terms of getting downhill, like I feel like if we're able if if Demar can get on ball even more. I mean, uh, I would like to see that more. Um, but in terms of what he's doing, man, Demar has been great, man. And you gotta you gotta wonder, like you gotta think, like Demar probably feels the same way, like to play with like Vooch and Zach, where like he's not gonna be the guy getting doubled all the time. Like now he can get to his spots a little bit easier than maybe he used to be able to get to him. And um and I, I mean, dude is balling, man. He he's just absolutely balling. And I gotta say, uh, even on the defensive end, like I he hasn't been as bad as I thought he would be. I think he's uh,
1: better. I, no, I'm just saying, I think he's better um on the help side, like rotating mm-hmm. it. And, and like, and even, like, stunting a little bit, trying to help out when guys are kind of getting into the paint. But, yeah, his on-ball is what's actually obviously as glaring. It's, like, cement blocks on his feet. Yeah, man. Um, He just gets blown by. But, yeah, to your point, too, about ball handling, not just Lonzo. Like, I feel like Caruso is doing too much ball handling, too, in the the fourth quarter. So, I don't understand. I I would like to – obviously, DeMar – uh, Vooch and that, like, maybe the high post, getting him the ball and maybe can find cutters at mm-hmm. the basket or just kind of, you know, going in and out with maybe some, like, dribble handoffs with Zach and DeMar or something like that. I don't know. And then Zach would be the third guy I would give the ball to because I still, like, you see tonight the decision-making for Zach is still not there sometimes in the fourth. So I, I would yep. still make him the third guy has handling as far as handling the ball is concerned.
0: I agree. One of the things I was thinking about with Demar, with respect to his contract, number one, I think he's absolutely been worth his contract so far this year, <laughs> these, in these eight games. But yeah. one of the one of the criticisms of the three year deal is that, you know, this idea that Demar is going to start declining, and you guys mentioned the athleticism, but other than the athleticism most of DeMar's game is not really athleticism based. He doesn't really get rushed. He doesn't get rushed. He doesn't rely on, you know, like, like Zach's first step is so important to his, his ability to get into the paint and and penetrate. DeMar doesn't do that. He's just, he's more, he has more guile, I guess, rather than agility, uh, if you will. So I don't think he's really going to lose a whole lot of production in that sense. As you mentioned, Salim, other than like the fast brick dunks, we're probably going to see less of those when he's, you know, thirty-four rather than when he's thirty-one. But other than that, I mean, I, I don't see much, um, much decline, uh, much expected decline in those areas. I wanted to move on to to Vucevic. As you mentioned, uh, Salim, I think, I think using, I mean, he's been a really, really important piece as the hub of the offense. He's been involved in almost everything. And I also think he, I mean, he's he almost had a triple double against the Celtics. He's one one assist off. So he's, he's been a really good passer so far this season, finding the open guys, um, you know, having that scoring gravity, even though he's shooting like trash from the field right now in right. general. Um, and I think defensively, he is held up very well within the scheme where, where the guys, the perimeter guys are giving him opportunities to uh, get in the right spots and if not so much contest really well, he's getting his hands in the passing lanes. He's getting his hands... Uh, you know, when trying to swipe at guys as they're going up and he's generating some decent steals. So, uh, Larry, I want to ask you first about what do you what you've seen from Vooch that you that you've liked so far? I mean, I, I feel like the things that we don't like are just the shooting. But, you know, are you and are you worried about that? But what what are some positive things you've seen from Vooch so far in these first eight games?
2: Um, positives. Uh, I love the fact of on offense, you can depend on him at the top of the key um, and use him as uh, a hub, like you said, a uh, connector into the other side of the uh, floor. Um, and I think some of the things that are underutilized are like maybe having him at the uh, the top of the key and running some chin action and, and making everybody else cutters and him letting him find cutters. I would love to see that. Uh, but I, I think he's been great there defensively. I got to be honest, man. Like, I, I, you can't ask for much more from him, I don't think. like I think he's exhausting the tank uh, uh, of like the defensive effort that he can give. Um, I thought tonight he did his best he could on on, on uh, Joel um, throughout the whole season. I feel like with this you know scheme that Billy's been running, you know he's switching it up, he'll be in drop situation sometime. he'll be uh, hedging. he'll he'll uh, be uh, at the free throw line drop like just showing different um, uh, schemes and, and different styles of defense they've been running. He's been really good with his hands in passing lanes, um, getting some deflections. Um, dude is like, you know, do like you said, man, like outside of like his shooting um, scoring overall, like Vooch has been there, man. Like tonight, you know, if, if you can get 10 points out of Vooch, you know, if you can get ten points out of Vooch, you get that dub. But yep. uh, that that's what in terms of positives, that's where I'm at. Yeah, think, I, so?
1: yeah, I think I agree with everything you guys saying as far as positives are concerned. Um, defensively, it's funny. Like I, I know there's like a bunch of people that'll will fight with you saying he's just trash on defense, and he's <laughs> he's like uh, he's not been good at all on either end of the court, and I wouldn't, like, I, I guess I'll say this, like, with the, those people, like, okay, he's not technically a good defender overall, but he's good, like you said, and in, in the system that we have. Like, he does what he's supposed to do, and that's, I think, a lot of people don't get that. Like, a lot of times they'll see, oh, uh, Lucha's guy got an easy dunk, and it's like, well, there's a reason for that, because someone is supposed to help in the backside rotating over because Vooch was rotating up to stop the ball handler. Um, so that that stuff like that, it, it kind of gets like, you know, people don't understand that's what's supposed to happen. So then they say, Oh, well, that's Vooch's fault. Um, so like, a, yeah, he, like I said, defensively, he's sound, he's not elite. <laughs> he's not, you know, going to block your shot. And, uh, you know, I think uh, one of, uh, one of our uh, mutual followers, we have Chip Jones, he wrote a really great article. Mm, yep. Um on, on, on tap sports net he he used the words rim deterrent and that's what Vooch is. He's a rim deterrent, not a rim protector a rim deterrent. So yeah, I think he's been fine there. And like the shooting is just something I'm concerned about. Like I just I just don't want him to like lose confidence. Like today I felt like he lost a little confidence and like he wasn't very aggressive with a shot. So um he he needs to shoot. Like And if he shoots, yep. I felt like he would, like, against the Jazz, I was at him and like, yeah, J- he needs to take those shots because he, when he took them late in the games, he hit some big shots. And I felt like today, if he de- if he consistently was aggressive on offensive end, he would have made Embiid try to guard him. Because if you look at some of those clips, Embiid was just kind of ignoring Vooch, especially on the empty side pick and roll yeah. or pick and pop that, uh, that they ran with Zach in the end. Embiid didn't even pay attention to Vooch. Like, at at all. So like to me, and that to that, if he's just a little more like a consistently stays aggressive, even if a shot is not falling, I think that that I would rather see than you know I'll I'll, I'll live with him missing a shot, but I would rather him not get scared to shoot.
0: Yeah, so, you, and you made this point when we were together at the Jazz game on on Saturday, Salim, because I was like. Can we can we just not have Boots shoot anymore? Because he was like over a billion at that point in like the fourth quarter, and you're like, no, he's got to keep shooting because otherwise, well, number one, you as you mentioned with Embiid, you lose that gravity if you're not shooting. If they don't see you as a threat, if they don't think you're gonna you're gonna get that shot up, they're not gonna guard you. They're gonna ignore you. They're gonna Ben Simmons you. So, um, you, yeah, you uh, have to you have to have more shots than seven attempts. Yes, tonight. you, you got to get more than
2: that. That, um, wow, and I
0: felt like there was some overpassing. Yeah. I, I think there was some overpassing at times where they would pass up shots. I think Vooch was guilty of that too.
2: Wow, man. I uh, I think they bought into the whole you know using each other and in you know ball moving player movement. But I think like you guys said, man, dude, and I dudes gotta have more than seven. Vooch Vooch yep. is, a, is a part of the big three. He needs more than seven shots. He's you know, more so seven. yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, there's another uh, Mark Caranzolis from Bulls HQs here harassing us online, <laughs> which I think is a, a crime in Australia, but uh, I'm sure of we have jurisdiction. <laughs> but he is hes, he's right that I—I I think um, s- your your defensive scheme sometimes is not always apparent to the, to the average fan that, that's just watching the game, and a, a great example of this is Stacey King, who continues to um misunderstand what defense looks like in 2021 unfortunately and, and tonight he he had a clip where um <clears throat> they were playing drop and once again blamed vooch for not being higher up in the drop scheme even though that's not the scheme and um there's other there's actually our our friend uh Jake rosen had a really great clip tonight on Twitter i think it's at jake in the paint uh, he had a really great clip on Twitter about how teams are running, uh, you know, pick and roll with a guy like, for example, they used they use an example from uh, the Celtics game where they would run a Chicago action where they do they'd run a pin down and have Tatum set the Tatum set the screen for the ball handler. I think it was a uh, Jalen Brown, and then then Jalen Brown would come off a. a a screen at the top of the key with Robert Williams and Robert Williams would dive to the basket. And now normally what the bulls are doing in that scheme is having Lonzo ball on the strong side there. Who's guarding Tatum kind of help die, like, you know, uh, drop into the paint a little bit to kind of help on that drive with fooch so that you avoid the lob and that yep. he's that weak side low man, if you will. But because of the shooting gravity of Tatum on that wing, he's not able to, to, you know, to, uh, to get in there as much. And so I ended up with a lob to, to Robert Williams and a lot of people who just watching that are like, man, Vooch didn't get back fast enough. He just got, you know, a lob dunk over. That's his fault. That's not his fault. That's, that's what the scheme is giving you. So it's, yeah. it's when you're looking at defense, what I always tell people is when you're looking at defense, don't blame the player first, number one, figure out what is the scheme that they're running What is the scheme that they're running? Because the scheme is going to be designed to give up certain things and to prevent certain things. And so number two, once you figure out the scheme, is the scheme being run, being executed effectively? Are they actually doing what they're supposed to be doing within the scheme? right? And if they're doing that, if they're running the right scheme and they're executing the scheme correctly, and the guy gets a bucket, which is a bucket designed to be given up by that scheme, then it's nobody's fault. Right, and the, and the the only thing you could argue at that point is, well, should you change the scheme, right, to, to fit that? Maybe that personnel, right? Maybe it's Chris Paul, and you don't want to give him that 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 mid mid-range pull-up, so maybe it's you know makes sense to change your scheme. But I think too many people just place the blame on the. On, it's almost always the center, because the 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 lion share of the blame. But that's something that always bothers me, and, and I I wish. I wish the people who literally work for the Bulls and it's their job to know what they're talking about would, would just would just think about it for a minute before they just blame people on the broadcast yeah. uh, but it's not just Stacy and, and and you know I love Stacy and he's a great entertainer but um, it's not just Stacy it's most people I feel like uh, kind of have that opinion about Center but Vooch I think has been really effective within the scheme yeah. to be honest so
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Other than the shot attempts not going up and not going in, I don't really have a lot of complaints about him. I actually wanted to bring up the bench. I wanted to talk about the bench, and specifically Tony Bradley and Derek Jones Jr., Knox Alex Caruso and Io Desuma. right? That four-man unit with either Zach or DeMar has been absolute fire, I feel like, the last the last few games. So what have you guys thought of the bench and and the contributions they're making?
2: Um. So for me, I... I, I... I think you can't ask for more from the group that you're getting. Um, I think you can't ask a rookie uh, in IO to do more than what he's been doing. I mean, the dude has been playing stellar defense. He's, he's providing energy. He had a big time three ball tonight and as well against the Celtics. Um, So, I mean, you can't ask for more from him. Uh, Javante, he's been doing, uh, I'm sorry, not Javante, but Caruso, um, he's been, you know, solid, you know, um, I, I feel like they've been over extending him a bit, uh, in terms of offensive, of, of, uh, responsibility, um, and running different, you know, pick and rolls and double drags and things like that. But, uh, I, I think the team is missing a little bit more scoring off of the, off the bench there. Yep. Um, and hopefully when Kobe comes back, that that that's the 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 you know the secret sauce that uh that 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 bench needs um but overall man like the bench has you know i mean gosh man like djj ever since he's been put into the lineup like maybe billy was like man let me give you a shot you've been sitting on the bench kind of deal let me see if you can give us a shot in the arm kind of with energy he has been really darn good T- yeah. tonight he has some big blocks Play some great defense, some uh, big rebounds too. Yeah, you know, that huge yes. rebound over right.
0: Yes, huge rebound. The um, athleticism is eye popping with him. It's just that dude's crazy. got go go gadget arms, man.
2: Yeah, like, that guy is he's long. <laughs> he's crazy um, good. But uh yeah, oh, I, that's a, all I'll say Uh, because I, I don't want to take everybody away from Salim. You know, I want him to. No, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I
0: Yeah, Uh, and and maybe maybe you can help address this question in your answer as well. Is uh, from Skokes, he says if we're if we're seriously struggling with the same matchup issues and in the paint, do you think AK makes a move within the next you know ten to twelve games because because that lack of scoring and because now that Pat's out, we're we're kind of lacking a little bit of size. So, you know, what's your assessment of the bench and what do you think AK needs to do going forward if anything on it?
1: So, I mean, size would be the only concern with the bench, like outside of tony bradley obviously you have a, him at the back of five but we don't really have a big four that we can throw out there and obviously unfortunately pat getting injured hurts that size factor um so that's the only thing i could see a a, a trade for it's kind of tough to say in 10 to 12 games because that's still pretty early in the season i mean i i understand like you wanna you wanna make a good deal, but I, I wouldn't jump the gun because I, you don't want to get desperate and and make a move that you might like not not say regret, but it just might seem too soon. Like if there's something there, like if there's someone available that we didn't think of and we could get, certainly do it. I know there's been names spots thrown out like Bagley and stuff like that, but I I, I don't know if like Bagley is necessarily. I like him. He's ta- he has talent, but I don't know if he's necessarily like going to come in and be like, "We've solved it." You know, I I don't know, I don't know.
0: I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think
1: so. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like Bagley's not. He doesn't excite me. Like, oh yeah, let's go get that guy. Um, I don't know. Let's. That's my opinion on on, on that regards. But scoring wise, yeah, Kobe's coming back. Like he's going to be back at some point this month. <clears throat> yeah, he's going to take maybe like. A little bit to get going because obviously you got to get his conditioning right but as an off ball score like as a shooter i i think he'll be fine in that regards and you know he'll be able to fit in pretty well seamlessly i feel like in that second unit especially when he's playing with Demar. uh i've there's times where i feel like Demar needs a release valve and and kobe will be that guy so Yep. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't want to make a move that quick. I mean, unless there's something that just becomes available that just makes perfect sense. I mean, you never know. But right now, I don't really see that perfect move. And I don't know if I would want to force a trade just for the sake of trade. I mean, closer to the trade deadline, maybe we can try to see something that makes sense. But I mean, I I, I wouldn't want to uh, jump into a trade just yet.
0: Okay. Now I want to ask you guys about this because Tony Bradley's emergence as a rim protector. And I, I, have been really impressed with his footwork and foot speed, even on the perimeter, switching out onto the perimeter. I've, I've been impressed at his agility, uh, being able to keep up with guys. Um, and so for that reason, I think the center position, I'm a little bit less worried about than I was a week ago because right. of how well Tony has done in, in that thing. He had, he had an amazing um save out of bounds tonight oh, as yeah. well and he had he had uh, a good block i mean he's just been he's been really solid in his minutes um but i feel like we're where there's a pat sized hole in our roster right now and we kind of need that six eight six nine uh <laughs> forward type guy and there <laughs> i was joking around with somebody earlier today, and I said, you know who would fit really, really well oh. in this roster? <laughs> Stanley <laughs> Johnson? <laughs> no, Well, besides that, uh, I think a, a, a guy who can play the four or the five can step out and shoot threes oh, and pa- be a passing hub, Wendell Carter Jr. Oh,
1: Wendell Carter yeah. okay. <laughs>
0: he's, he's, shooting, he's shooting 38% on threes right now on 3.3 attempts a game. My man is balling in Orlando. Yes. He's playing the four right now he's he's getting garden guys but i'm just messing around but we do need I, f- I do feel like that stanley johnson archetype that's why i wanted him is because he's a big forward who can guard guys like lebron or Kawhi leonard I and mean, Kawhi leonard's not here but or Giannis, jason tatum and right now i mean it's basically like lonzo ball is taking on that assignment and i love lonzo and i think he's doing a great job but that's not really ideally what you want going forward so there, you know, there's like, like guys like Harrison Barnes come to mind as someone who kind of fits that mold as like a switchable forward guy. But I don't know who's really available right now. I'm not sure there is anyone, but that's something I'd be looking forward to, you know, testing that market closer to the deadline. And I guess we'll see where Pat's at with his injury recovery. But I imagine he's not going to be around until at least you know, close to the playoffs, if at all, this season. So, right. Um, but has, let me ask you, Lero, can about I, Tony I just, Bradley. Yeah, go for it.
1: I, I just want one another thing, uh, I I about, <laughs> another thing I wanted to mention about, another uh, thing I wanted to mention about the bench, I feel like we have a couple of guys, obviously Javante now is in the starting lineup, but a couple of guys that play above their, like bigger than their height, they're bigger than their size. Yeah. Like you look like, Derek, look at Derek Jones Jr. When he's skying, over like guys like beat to grab that rebound. He's like what six four, yeah. and he's like, yep. j- like he's jumping over <laughs> like a seven footer to grab that rebound. Javante is another guy. I yeah, like. It's shocking that he's only six three six four. I too, to me, like he plays bigger than he is. Like I feel like he could be like a wing, and he's he's again like a six three like guard, right? Uh, essentially, yeah. but yeah. So that it's it's nice to see that of uh, seeing those guys out there uh, as far as the size factor uh, guys, even though they're kind of overmatched in physical size, their, their athleticism, their aggressiveness and things like that really kind of make up for that.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's held up okay so far, but you can see, you can definitely see that it's oh, some compensation going on. Right. Like, oh yeah. The oh yeah. Um, you know, Scopes mentions, you know, uh, Alizé Johnson minutes. What's nice about, so Alizé and Troy Brown jr. Have kind of, gone out of the rotation the last few games. But I will say I'm not too worried about it. Like, when I looked at the three minutes that Troy Brown Jr. played um, last week. I think it was against the Jazz. I, re- I went back and looked at those minutes. Like, he did fine. Like, he wasn't he wasn't playing poorly. I think Billy just probably wanted to get another look in there. And obviously, Derek Jones is taking advantage of the opportunity. And same with Alizé Johnson and Tony Bradley. I don't think Alizé was doing poorly. But Tony does, you know, provide more size, more protection, And I, I like having those guys in your back pocket uh, to be able to use in the right situations, because I think they are rotation quality players in the NBA. I think they can be useful players for us. Um, but, you know, having a lot of those kind of switchable wing sized guys, having a bunch of those could, could be useful because almost every team needs those guys. And if, you know, we may be able to use one or, or more of them in a trade, if need be at the deadline, but um, L- Lara, I want I want to give you I just want to give you a, a little platform here to talk about Io Desunmu because ah. I think he has he has not gotten a lot of love and I know you, you taught you told me on an earlier podcast this year you wanted to kind of riff on, on Io a little bit but you held back so I want you to I want you to let it let it loose and tell me what you really think about how has done so far.
2: So uh before the season, um well first let me say this like I, when Second round, when Sharif fell, when Jared Butler fell, um, I thought that those guys were a good fit um, for the team at the point guard position. Um, but when we drafted Io, I thought to myself, "Yeah, he's not Sharif in terms of playmaking. He 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 can't. You can't just throw the ball in Io's hands and just run pick and roll after pick and roll and let, and let him just you know dissect a, a, a defense." But Io is someone that like, he's a, I hate using this word, but he, well, I shouldn't say I hate use it, but I think it's overused. But I think Io is a dog. Like, I I think when when you see Io out there, like the guy is going to play ball, man, like whatever you need, he's going to try to give it to you. If you, if you need a big time three ball, he's going to try to knock that down and and shoot it with no, no conscience. You know, he's going to let it fly. You know, I think when we talked about it on the on the show, uh, his on ball defense, getting over screens, um, his, 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 his plus five uh, wingspan, you know, um, he, he, he's a dude that you could just throw out there. Um, and one of the things and one of the things that especially once I figured out what Billy, what type of defense Billy wanted to run and how he wanted to play. Um, you know, get your hands on, you know, in the def- in deflections, get out, let's run, let's transition, let's push the pace. Like that's IO, like that, that's what he l- likes to play. Like that's what, you know, he's been playing since he was in high school, like M- Morgan Park days, Mac Irvin fire days, they press you, they steal balls and they get out into the transition, you know? And um, that's something I just felt like he was going to fall right in the line with, because he's just used to it. That That's the game that he grew up playing and you can see it. Like, he gets out on the floor. He's not afraid. Uh, he's not afraid to guard whoever he needs to guard. If He needs to guard the ball. He'll do it. Right. And and um, I just think that he's going to get better Um, he, there. He's out there contributing and he's not a finished product at whatsoever. Like he still needs to work on his change of uh, change of speeds, you know, adding a hesitation into his game or a hang dribble into his game. You know, something to where he can get a defense uh, defender's foot. Flat on the ground, and he can take advantage of his speed and his burst to get by him and go finish. Um, he's shooting right, it, it, it's been beautiful to see him knock down these big time shots, but like in to become a consistent three point shooter, that's what he needs to work on. Um, and I mean, I can't talk enough about IO man, like, I really think that dude is really solidified. I won't go that far yet because I think Billy will at some point get try to give TBJ a shot, uh, again to be in the rotation. Um, if if Io goes on a little you know uh, a stint of having some bad games or something like that, but I really believe this kid is the you know in terms of like role player um, guy that can come off the bench and add energy. Um, he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to play defense. He 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 doesn't care about doing the dirty work. Um, he just wants to win. Um, and uh, I felt this way about Io. But it's like one of those things where, like, you can easily get caught up in groupthink. You can easily, like, hear a couple people that you respect about their thoughts and be like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I just won't say anything." So uh, I've learned a lesson, and (laughs) I will uh, stick to my guns. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, everybody has misses. You know, so uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with I.O. You
0: gotta shoot your shot, Laro. Gotta get those get those reps up, even if
1: you miss.
2: Yeah. I know. I know. I can say.
1: I can confidently say it now that I was wrong. I thought he was going to be in the G League this season. I don't think he's going to get any G League minutes. Uh, I think he's going to be on the uh, main roster. And I, I, I've been saying now for a couple of weeks now, like I completely like in 180 as far as. Um, i think billy it's going to be hard for billy not to give him minutes and i would say i i, I wouldn't say like tbj has been bad i agree with yeah. chris he's not been bad but like I, it's gonna be interesting when kobe comes back because i do think Iowa has played better than tbj and, and the things that we need from him obviously that shooting the shooting is going to be interesting because like not like tbj has been consistent i don't believe i, I feel like I don't think he's really shooting that well either. Um, that corner three is going to be important for Io, I think, as the season goes on. If he can at least keep defenses honest and spread the floor, that will be helpful. Uh, but, yeah, like as far as overall impact, I think Io has been better. So, in that regard, I, I do think that when Kobe comes back, it's going to be very interesting to see what Billy does because I feel like it is going to be hard for him to uh, play him. And I, I had a nickname for Io already. No, they, they, I don't know what stacy has been calling him. I know they say the man uh the kid with has no fear, so the man no fear is uh, Daredevil. That's my ah. nerd. That's my that's my nerd take on uh on the nickname for Io, Daredevil. There you go. That's uh So nice. So yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: I think I think when Larry and I had talked before the season started, I think what we had said was or at least my expectation was I thought I O could get some early season minutes with Kobe out, like he would kind of take some of soak up some of those minutes. And at the time, I did not think Javante Green was going to be in the rotation. Obviously, Javante Green has taken uh, a sizable role, Um, and so when Kobe comes back, it'll be interesting to see whether you know whose minutes he cuts into because he's going to need to get you know eighteen to twenty four minutes a game if he's if he's healthy and if he's playing well he's going to be really important to that bench. So we'll see what happens. Um, It may eat a little bit of Caruso's minutes or Lonzo's minutes or something like that, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Or maybe Javante, right? Maybe, maybe eats into Javante's minutes. I I did want to ask one more question about that is, do you think Javante Green should still be starting? Or do you think someone like Derek Jones Jr. um, You know, may, may make more sense or Caruso may make more sense in the starting lineup. I mean, that starting that five man unit of the starters, uh, plus Caruso, minus Javante. They've been... They have they've, they have the best net rating in the league of, of uh, five-man units that played over 40 minutes according to Rob Schaefer. So, at least that was before tonight. What do you guys think? Uh, who who should start? Or should we just keep it the way it is?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a good point that you bring up with that five-man unit being our best you know, five-man unit in general, being so strong. Um, when you look at... I, I tweeted out earlier our, our defensive uh, rating our net ratings per quarter and our first quarter is definitely our worst quarter um yeah. we're in, that's the only quarter where we're in the negative i mean we're only in the negative by one but it's still we start out slow so i mean it could make sense if if, that, if that's our best lineup that gets us the most juice um it makes sense to start the game strong and not just with like once kobe comes back obviously not yet maybe but i i do think that there's some there's some thought there. I think uh, uh, I I think that uh, that makes sense as far as starting out with that five man unit. So you you kind of get strong and po- like you mean like move the bar to the four. Uh, it makes sense. I, I do think that makes sense.
0: Yeah yeah. Here's it Lara's got the tweet pulled up where minus one in the uh, minus one differential in the first quarter, plus three point nine in the second, plus ten point five in the third, and plus fourteen point six in the fourth. That I mean that's that's the trend you want to be going into. I think last year it was the opposite. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like well, a, I think we, we started
1: then, out we started out bad and then we had yeah. we ended bad. I think it was something Yeah, like we bad.
0: started out like it was like negative 10 or 11 or something and then it was like second quarter third quarter was like really good and then the fourth quarter was like bomb back yeah. to back to bad. But yeah, that's why Billy ended up switching that starting lineup last year mid-season was because he wanted to get out to better starts cuz he, he felt like we were we were kind of stuck in the mud for the first quarter and put ourselves behind. Right. He said tonight in his post game comments, it's, it's a tough life to live to come from behind. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't want to make 20 point comebacks a habit. I mean, as, as cool as it is to come back from 20 points down, you know, it's two games in a row. Now that we've been in that position and not every team's going to melt down like the Celtics did. I mean, the Philly, we ended up tying Philly with like five or six minutes to go and they, you know, they gutted it out. They're a veteran proven playoff team that has a lot of good guys in it. So, you know, we, we got to get off to better starts, I think. Um, Juice, man, I think the timeline is mid-November is what we've heard for Kobe's return. So I'm guessing the next two weeks or so we'll, we'll hear something. I, they are showing video of him at shoot around before the game, putting up shots before the game. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. Hopefully that shoulder's looking
2: good i, I, I want to I wanted to say as well like i think coaching wise um i think you get you want to strike a balance of empowering your play uh, empowering your your team to make decisions on their their own but also i think there you you need to have a little bit of um you know say so and what goes on on the floor as well and i i feel like and I may be totally off base, but I feel like a lot of what, what is going on on the offensive end is Billy just kind of letting them, you know, he they do what they do in practice, you know, uh, but he likes to let them flow into what they want to flow into. But I, I kind of want him to be a little bit more assertive in terms of who he wants to get shots to and who he wants to get going, because I kind of feel like, uh, like I said, I, I kind of feel like he just allows them to do their own thing on offense unless like you'll see him in the game. He'll call out snap he'll call out angle. He'll call out, you know, uh flip and different things like that. But other than that, I just kind of feel like you just lets Lonzo and Zach and DeMar just do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like we want to be able to strike a balance, you know? Um, and I, like, again, I may be totally off base. He may be saying before the game, like, we're going to, we're always going to do this. When we see this coverage, we're going to do this, you know? So who knows? But, um, I just wish, like, I I wish I could be at the practices to hear how like how they go about things because, and again, offensively, like I'm still worried about the half court offense. I'm I'm still worried about it because there are shouldn't when you have like Zach, Damar, and and, and and Vooch, and then you have guys like Lonzo, and you know you could put whoever you want on the other, on the, on the other side, but when you have those those guys. You have your advantage creator. You have your creator, your primary creator. You have your off ball, you know, shot making uh, guard and, and Zach, and you have a hub. Like, you should be doing different things. You should be running different actions. You should be showing defenses the same thing. Like, if you just spam the empty side pick and roll, if you just put Lonzo in a double drag situation, like, I, again, and maybe he's just saying, like, we got to find ways to get other guys going. So let's just let's let Lonzo and Caruso and those guys, you know, try to get a rhythm. But I feel like it's not really doing much. Like Lonzo is not again, he's not a guy you want to have the ball coming off a of double drag and trying to do work in, in the paint. Like you just don't like he's just not going to get there consistently enough. He's not going to warrant like a, a, a rotations consistently enough. Um, because they'd rather have him show his in-between game than show help, because they know that's how he'll hurt you. They know that okay, if I come off my man, Lonzo's gonna hurt me. But if we allow Lonzo to come off and shoot that one-legged, you know, fall away or that that pull-up, sh- you know, shot they likes to take, we'd rather live with that because he know he won't kill us doing that, but he can kill us passing the ball. So I'd rather see Demar or inverted pinroll, like do something different in um. I hope that it's just early in the season and Billy just wants them to get used to playing with each other, like in general. And and then once they figured out, but who knows, man, I just wish there was more like you, you look at like Philly, what they're doing, the things they were doing with uh, with Seth off ball, like they were causing hell for some of these guys you know, garden, uh, uh, uh Seth. And I, you can do those things with Zach. Like he's not stuff. He's not like some of the, you know, Reggie Miller in his prime or anything like that, but like Zach's gravity, his, his, what, what you can't allow him to be open. You can't just say, you know, leave him. No guys have to be with him. And if you just use him a little bit more off ball, you'll create gaps. You'll create spacing. You'll create different open looks, different spots. And I just don't think they do that enough, man. Um, and that's what frustrates me during games. But, um, yeah, man, I just hope that it's just early in the season and it'll get better.
0: Yeah, M.G. Blazers says, you know, maybe he's trying to see if stuff is going to come organically. You know, Billy Billy has always kind of been that way in the way he approaches offense. Uh, he, you know, with Russell Westbrook, obviously, you know, he, he kind of lets them – it gives them the keys in some sense – Yeah, You know, there's there's obviously a spectrum of coaching perspectives and styles on on how they want to run their offense and defense. I think Billy's a lot more rigid on the defensive end, obviously. He he has a reputation for being a very competent defensive coach. And on offense, he kind of lets guys riff a little bit. He lets them freestyle a little bit more. And, you know, it's something that we're supposed to be patient with. I know we said before the season started, the offense is going to take time to gel. Mm-hmm. These guys need—they they don't know each other uh, as well as, as they as, as they will in six months, and that's going to change their efficiency. So I think the offense will hopefully just organically get better over the season as the course of the season, uh, you know, goes through. Just because time and repetition is going to help them get familiar with each other and find out where they want to where they want to find the other guy in their spots or whatever. So um, we'll see, but I would, I agree with you. I do think having a little bit more scripted plays for Zach on the off ball actions, I, I think is going to be really important to getting him going, especially since, you know, the first few games, it seems like he's had, he's almost had to like warm up during the first two quarters before he really kind of gets going. And I don't know if that's by design or if he's just kind of chilling and letting DeMar and Vooch and other people take the scoring load, or if he's just cold, you know. So a lot of coaches will get centers going early. They'll try and like script some plays for a center early to get them some shots, get them some, you know, some touches. I almost wonder if we need to do that for Zach and get him him running off some screens or something, some off-ball action to get him going early. Because once Zach gets hot, he's really freaking hard to stop. I mean basically mm-hmm. Matisse Thybul is the only guard the only player I've seen in the NBA slow down Zach significantly and and is amazing right he's yeah. might be the best perimeter defender in the NBA and he he shuts Zach up <laughs> every time he plays him Zach gets uh, Zach has his work cut out for him to, to get around Thybul but <laughs> they got to do they got to do a better job in general I think of, of getting Zach uh in in the offense early and and in those off ball actions um, I think I'm- yeah.
1: Uh, I don't want to interrupt there, but M.G. Blaze Blazer had asked earlier if we think Zach's thumb is affecting his three-point shooting, and I, I think it is. I think when yeah. you, like, I've, we've all obviously shot the basketball, so, like, we know, like, obviously our strong end is doing most of the work, but our off end is kind of, you know, giving us some kind of, like, Direction on how we're shooting. So I think when when he doesn't really have that confidence and it's kind of bothering him, I do think he it is in a way affecting his shooting, uh, especially when he's kind of doing like the, a lot of shots that he would take last season off to dribble. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he probably has the same like because he can't he can't use that hand as much when he's kind of coming up, right? So he's probably using his yeah. main hand to mostly come up. Uh, to take the shot, so I think stuff like that may, comes into play too. Um That's why I think a lot of the, if I can, maybe i remember remembering, but in the Jazz game, I feel like a lot of stuff that he came back, he did a lot in the in the painted area. I know he hit one three, but like a lot of his stuff work that he did, he was attacking the basket and kind of getting yep. in that area
0: to to, to yeah, do was his, getting downhill. I think you're right, Salim. I, I think even if you're not using that hand to shoot necessarily the, the basketball, it, it does help you with balance and consistency in that shot, and, and even gathering that shot. Your obviously your other hand is really important, and you know we've seen his handle. His handle, you know, he, Zach's never been a low turnover guy. He, he's always had a fair, uh, you know, a fairly high level of turnovers, and so you know it's certainly not going to help him. I, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, we should rest Zach. We should do this with Zach. This is really I, – I don't see how that's going to help us, Like especially in November when we've got these games coming up. I mean, it, it's, if it's just a matter of it taking longer to heal, I think I'd rather have Zach on the floor than not. I mean, if, if we're talking like take two weeks off, take a week off of games to try and help it heal – I don't think that's worth it. And, and Zach obviously doesn't feel like it's worth sitting out because he's he's playing and the medical staff seem to agree with him. So we'll see. But
1: Did, today, Jason, know. Goff, I don't I, I was I was watching a little bit of the postgame show. Jason Goff said that it would be a, an issue all season. So that, that kind of surprised me. I don't know if he heard something that we don't know, because to what yeah, we know, is it's, it's supposed to be a small tear and. Essentially what they compare I saw it compared to is like if you had a sprained ankle.
0: Right. It right. It should be like a few weeks, right? And if yeah. you're playing on it, it'll it'll take you know a week a or little. two longer, three weeks longer.
1: Yeah. Should so that was kind of whole season? I was like, yeah. does he know something that we don't? Or like
0: <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe like, he, he does. He maybe he has of, some sort of not some sort of report. That kind of concern was
1: like all season, that's not good because it better not take all season. Right. <laughs> if
0: it's if it's gonna be all season, if he plays on it and it's going to be two weeks to heal, if he doesn't, then obviously you take the two weeks off,
1: but um, that's still kind of a crazy, I don't know. I guess that's still yeah, kind of crazy still... variance. That's a crazy variance. Like if he doesn't play, it's only two weeks, but if he does play, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's the case. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't, that sounds wrong to me unless, unless Jason's got some sort of, you know, reporting that we, that we haven't heard yet, but right. Um, we're about close to the hour mark. I know we wanted to, you know, not not take too long tonight. We're just kind of doing a little bit of a quick reaction. But I wanted to see if you guys had any other thoughts on the game that you've seen, or the general outlook of the team, or any concerns you've got going forward. So, Laro, I want to start with you real quick.
2: Um, I wish we had kept Stanley Johnson, man. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know uh because you know matt thomas is just chilling over there he's got front row seats um but no man honestly like i said at the tip top of the show is like i'm i'm very happy in terms of where they're at um uh record wise how they've been um you know getting the wins even though they're not fully where they're going to be yet you know they're still learning each other they're still trying to figure out certain things about each other's games um and once again i don't think boots just all of a sudden became this bad of an offensive player like i just don't i i, I don't i i do believe that that's going to come back around at some point um and you know uh I, that's about where i'm at man i'm, I'm kind of like right there well um just Six and two is cool, man. Um, let's try to get some more wins.
1: Yeah, um, I know. I was beginning on the show. I didn't mean to come off as a negative person. I, I wasn't trying to be too critical. I was just some thoughts that I had uh, that are minor concerns that I think they can definitely fix as the season goes on. Um, something that positive, like I really like. Obviously, the defense we talked about. Uh, another thing I noticed with their defense, obviously we. Currently, aren't shoot as a, as a team. The Bulls aren't aren't shooting a lot of threes, but they've generally been really good at running players off of the three point line. The opposing team and I was looking, I was I was curious about like you know what our our hustle stats were as in general, and I was just doing like digging through the numbers, and I noticed like you know we don't test a lot of three point shots. That's weird, like that kind of surprising to me. And then I looked at like the opposing team, like oh the opposing team is not generally shooting a lot of threes. We're at, at an average. I think uh, opposing teams are like in the bottom three of three-point attempts against us. And I was looking at each opponent. I was like, "Wow, yeah." Each opponent compared to the season average, and again, not to uh, bring up my Twitter again, but I tweeted earlier this today showing like every game. we Pimp your Twitter, man. man. Pimp it. Yeah, every every tweet uh, game that we've had, we've basically held the opponent to less three-point attempts than their season average so we're doing a good job of defending overall at all levels um i think maybe except for the paint i think there's teams are getting getting in on us or scoring a little bit on us but i think that's by design more so like that yeah i mean that matches yeah. that
0: matches the eye test and what we've what we've seen from their scheme uh, that's what they're right. designed to do
1: yeah but, in that in mid-range area i think we're giving up more points in that so forth but like i think that's by design but yeah that's our defense has just been like even better than any was us. because we were all thinking they're going to be above average at least they're going to be about an above average defense, but they've been just so good that it's yeah it's, you know yeah it's, it surprised even us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be as critical as possible here while trying to be as nice as possible. Anyone with a functioning brain could tell that they weren't going to be a bottom five defense. Like right. anyone who actually <laughs> right. knows the personnel on this team and knows Billy Donovan. Knew that this that wasn't going to happen. I mean, you, you just, especially with the offensive talent that they have, there's just no way that they're going to be that bad. And I think all of us were kind of in agreement that middling and to maybe a little bit slightly above average was kind of like our conservative estimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, but they've outperformed even what I expected so far. And, and Caruso and Lonzo have been all defensive team level defenders. Like they've been really, really amazing. And obviously, Javante Green. Yeah. And Derek Jones, and even Tony Bradley and Ayodele, we have all been really quality defenders, and I think Zach and Vooch and Demar have fit well within that system and have performed, you know, pretty admirably admirably up to this point. Um, I did want to make a final point before we leave, and it's just to say thank you to you two guys. Uh, I, I got to visit Chicago for the first time. I got to spend the time with you guys, see you in person. It felt like I would already known you for. <laughs> years it didn't feel like it was the first time i met you but you guys made my experience so amazing in chicago beautiful beautiful city so much fun to go to the uc hang out with you guys so i just want to say thank you so much for making my experience just so wonderful and i can't wait to do it again and as you guys know you're welcome to come out to my neck of the woods anytime you want if you want you know to to hang out on the beach and get a little bit different vibe uh than, than chicago offers but man i was uh just blown away by the city how everything was just spectacular. So uh, thank you guys so much for that. Hey, I,
2: I'll man. say that uh, I wish that Jeff Bezos didn't have me working my <laughs> tail off and I could have spent more time with you, man, because I felt like it wasn't enough. Uh, but dude, all thanks to Salim, dude. I mean, you know, for people that's listening, like this guy is the one Salim uh, Salim uh, is, is the one that got me and Chris to like, Say, hey bro like you want to do a podcast like like you know what i mean like Salim so <laughs> was the guy you know song. yeah you know and uh <laughs> it, it, it's full circle man like uh it's, it was really cool to like hang out with both of you uh and I, like i said I, I just wish uh it could have been more but you know you know amazon got me doing you know work out you know, you here can,
0: man uh, according to mark cuban you can if you want to become a crypto bro instead you can quit your your day job. crypto. Please don't become a crypto. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do not do that. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, Salim, uh, no, man. Shout out to you, brother. I, I'm so I, grateful for you.
1: No, I, I appreciate you guys, man. I, I try to, I, I just want to be a good friend. That's all I care about. I mean, I, I'm I'm so, I'm so happy that I have met you guys. Like, I feel like you guys are generally uh, my good friends now um not Amen. to become not to become sappy and have like a have <laughs> a have a full house uh, moment here but like <laughs> no for real i, I, I like I'm, I'm happy that I've, I've met you guys and i always say like you know when you get older it's harder to make friends right when you get to like our age like over 30 or so whatever it's harder and harder to make friends and you know you guys have become really two of my really good friends um and we and because of this beautiful game of basketball, essentially,
0: yeah, it's, yes, uh, yeah, basketball, why, man, it's brought us all bringing together, us,
1: bringing people together.
0: Who and knew this what, trash organization that's been trashed for the last 20 years could bring the three of us?
1: <laughs> we're the diamonds, we're the diamonds out of the out of the <laughs> this
0: coal that's been
1: pressurized
0: for so long, created this diamonds, yeah. But, but man, yeah. there's there's a lot more season to look forward to, obviously. And, and I've been really impressed with the first eight games and it's been stressful. I, I I was telling you guys earlier I I am a ball of stress during games sometimes. And maybe I should just maybe I should wait till the games are over and just watch film afterwards. Maybe that'll help my blood pressure. But uh it's nice to have expectations again because last yeah. year I was like they're gonna lose every game, but now every game that they go into, I'm like they can win this game. That's what I think. And, and we haven't had a team like that in a whole long time.
1: So. And, and even and even during the game when you think they're going to lose, they come back and yeah. at least yeah. either they win don't it give or – Like today, you would thought the game like, yo, this is going to be a loss, and all of a sudden they tie it. So it's like, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, uh, they're going to be a team that you, you just can't count out all year, and it's going to be fun.
0: Just when I think I'm out, they drag yeah. me back. in. that's the meme.
2: So, man, this is crazy, man. Demar Derozan, man. If you if you're listening at some point, you know, brother, bro, brother, like, we were
1: happy to have you. <laughs> like we we were happy that the Bulls signed you, and now we're even like ecstatic. Man. The Bulls have you. Hey, you've been De-
0: Demar Derozan. That DeMar DeRozan All NBA campaign is on right now. Man. That man is—he's—he's in—he's in, in top ten MVP voting right now. If it's <laughs> Zach and both, Dude. They're, like, they're like six and. Let seven. Let me tell MVP you.
1: MVP. Let me tell you. It's gonna be. You know. It's funny. Like a lot. If you asked before the season again, that started, how many All Stars the Bulls would have? I mean, I, I think like I had said one, but most of the people that said two, they said Zach Vooch. and Booch.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Hey, it's probably it's going to be probably Zach and DeMar at this point. He's probably going to be
0: those two guys. Yeah. yeah. If, so, if, if, DeMar, like we, if DeMar is averaging 35 a game, he's going to be in the all star game. Right.
1: And <laughs> that's, a, and that's, again, that's the crazy part.
2: On great but efficiency. Both, too. Fan,
1: both fans were optimistic about the defense and optimistic about DeMar. And both of those things have exceeded expectations, yep. even on our yep. optimism. So, so it's so crazy. Stop listening.
0: Stop listening to ESPN. Stop listening to the, a national analysts. Don't listen to Tim Bontemps. I love, I, I respect John Hollinger a lot, but you know, those guys, those guys have to cover all 30 teams. It's just too much for them to do. They're going to be wrong on stuff. So always check your knowledge against the people that are actually like living and breathing with the team. And I know like there's some homerism involved and we're all, we're all biased, you know, towards the Bulls in some ways. And we're, we're maybe, maybe in a sense, work. We're more conditioned to be optimistic about our chances versus pessimistic, right? And and more likely to be pessimistic about other teams' chances. But you got to look at the facts. You got to look at what the predictions are based upon. You got to look at what the, you know, what is it based upon? Is it based on Homerism? Is it based on outdated ideas or is it based on film and and analytics and, and study, you know, close study? And I've been really impressed. I'm grateful that we've been right so far. Because I right. I felt like we had good reasons to be optimistic, and they've so yeah. far they've been they've come to fruition. But you know, there's a it's only ten percent of the way through the season. Yeah. We got a long ways to go, guys. But long ways uh, to go.
2: Yeah. before we go, is it? Yeah, I may be wrong. Maybe my math is off, But you guys know me. I'm not a math guy. But <laughs> but You're if if the if, if, if if but if the Bulls were <laughs> to go for like what five hundred the rest of the way, they would still be over forty plus wins, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so. Yes, they would. Hey, so you know what? I'll tell you. I'll, Let's I'll, do, I'll, I'll it. Let me do
0: Let me do the math for you. Let's see.
1: There would be, I want to say.
0: 43 wins. They'd be 43 and 39 if they went 500 the rest of the season.
2: And I, I can see. Do you that. think they
0: can do 500 rest of the season?
2: I think they can do more than 500. I think so, they can, they can flirt with 50. I think they yeah. can flirt with
1: 50. I think so. I think so. Yeah, I, like I said, I think even I, my win total of four, like forty six games, is probably shelling them short. They they might yeah, get to fifty. Be. Yeah, we'll Eight. see. We'll see. It's a long season. We'll see. Eight. Like a lot of these teams, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these teams that have started out a certain way, I also will pick it up too. So it's yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. I'm just saying, 30, 31 wins to go. This is the best thirty seven win team of all time. Hey. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us on Bulls 101. Appreciate you guys, uh, guys in the comments. As always, appreciate your comments, appreciate your support. Um, check us out. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts. Just look up Barroom Network. We're one of many shows on the Barroom Network, along with Salim Suterwalla's show, uh, Bulls Gold and Science Fiction, which is a new show I know you're doing. So yeah. check out Salim's work, follow him at on Twitter at Salim S A L I M underscore B G hoops, and you can follow me at K L A hoops and Laro Golden at underscore Laro hoops. And uh, give you know, all, give a shout out to the Barum Network for hosting us. They're wonderful. Altos a great guy and, and, and giving us this opportunity. And we'll be back again on Saturday, hopefully with a, with, a, with some more great guests and more great games. We got another game on Saturday. I know Laro and I we're probably digging a little bit more film. And break down stuff right. for Saturday. So I'm looking forward to it. Salim, thank you so much, man. Great oh, friend, great you. person. You guys definitely follow him on Twitter. And uh we will see you guys soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.